hello and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Before we get started, hey, I just wanted to say um, I'm glad you're here right now. And if we haven't had the chance to meet yet, my name is Gregory. I am one of the pastors here. And today I get the opportunity and the privilege and the blessing to get to share with you the message of Jesus. And I love Jesus. He's changed my life. He's my best friend. And I'm excited to share with you what he has shown me in scripture. And it's just, it's going to be a great night. And, and I say that to say, man, I love Jesus. Um, if you don't know Jesus, I'm glad you're here because you don't have to believe what we believe to be here right now. And you actually don't have to believe what we believe to even have these lessons apply to your life. So I just wanted you to know that we're glad you're here and, and that I think God has something that he wants to show you tonight. And uh, all of us, man, let's just, let's let him do his thing. That sound good? So, sweet, sweet. Um, so the title of today's message is Moments Part Two. Moments Part Two. My favorite part about speaking and writing sermons is titling them. Normally, I like to get really creative and do that. Um, but if you recall, the last sermon, or two sermons ago, actually, was titled Moments. I don't know what happened this week, man. M- Moments Part Two is the best I could come up with. <laughs> and I told my wife that that's what it was called uh, yesterday or the day before, and she seemed kind of disappointed. Um, but I'll explain why uh, and how this all ties in together uh, to Moments Part Two. The first sermon that was called, it's called Moments, but now we can call it Moments Part One. Um, it was about if you remember, small moments in our life, small moments that at the time seemed kind of insignificant, not really that big of a deal. But as we go through our life and we looked back on them, we realized, oh, snap, those moments were actually huge. And as small as they seemed at the time, God was working and doing amazing things in them. And remember, we talked about how we have to pay attention to small moments, how we have to always treat people with kindness and love and respect because we don't know what a simple small thing can mean to somebody. We don't know what what a simple small moment, God can take that and turn that into a really big moment. And and we talked about small moments in moments part one. Now we're at moments part two. And if you could take a guess, we're not going to talk about small moments. (laughs) We're going to talk about really big moments. Um, Moments that happened and you knew they were big and you knew when they happened, everything was going to be different after that. Moments where something is revealed to you or you learn something and you knew, all right, things are never going to be the same. That is what we're going to talk about tonight in Moments Part 2. So they kind of tie together, and I honestly couldn't think of anything else to tie to this thing. So uh, Moments Part 2, here we go. Uh, To do that tonight, we're going to dive into a story found in the Gospel of Matthew, Chapter 14. Um, And it's a great story. It's pretty well known. Uh, It's the story of, of Jesus and Peter walking on the water. Um, So I'm going to pick up in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Uh, This is how it goes. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. And let me just remind you, uh, back then, they didn't have motors. You know what I'm saying? So when the Bible says they were fighting heavy waves, they were literally out there on a boat fighting heavy waves. 
But at three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified, and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. That's the story we're going to look at tonight. Um, And as I said, this is moments part two. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love you. We love you so much, and we know we love you because you first love us. So God, I, I thank you for loving us, for choosing us, for coming after us, for pursuing us. God, and giving us life, peace, hope, strength, eternity, real life. God, you, you, you gave that to us. You said, for God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son. You gave us Jesus, and we just thank you for that. God, I pray for the moments that we get to share together tonight. God, as, as, as we've worshiped and now as we spend time in your word, God, I pray that you would have your way with all of us. No matter where we are in our faith journey, whether we know you or not, whether we fear close to you or not, God, you are constantly pursuing us, constantly drawing us to yourself, and I pray that, God, you do that tonight. God, I pray for anybody in this room who just feels like they're going through it, if they feel lost, if they feel confused, if they feel anxious, if they feel depressed, if they have trials and troubles that are going on in their life. God, I pray that for a moment by your spirit you would let those be put to the side, that you would slow us down, calm our hearts and our minds, and let us hear from you this evening. God, I pray for myself as I know I cannot do this without you. And God, I'm not going to try. So God, I surrender this to you. When words fill me, may you speak. God, have your way with me tonight. I will abide in you as you abide in me. And God, I just, I just ask that your will is done tonight. God, I love you. And I thank you so much for this time. And I pray that we could have some fun together this evening. And I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So. We all have those moments, right, or you have had those moments where something big happened and you knew from that moment on a lot of things were going to be different. Or, or maybe you had a moment that took place and you learned something about someone or something that changed your perception of them and you began to understand more of who they really are. Tonight I want to share with you a story about my wife in <laughs> a moment where I found out who she really was. And I know she's probably freaking out right now. <laughs> But it's a great story, I promise. And I think I've told the story to the students before. I don't know about y'all, but either way, I'm going to tell it because it's a great example. Um, so Claire Grace and I, we've been married for a little over three years, right? A little over three years. Um, and we did long distance up until the day we got married. She was in Mississippi. I was here in Arizona. Um, and, and for some reason, flying to Mississippi is like the hardest place in the world to fly to. Like, you can literally buy a ticket to the moon for cheaper than you can buy a ticket to Mississippi. It does not make any sense to me. So we had to FaceTime a lot, and we had to come up with creative ways to see each other and spend time together because, obviously, she missed me so much all the time. You know what I'm saying? And so, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I missed her more. Um, 
so, so we came up with this plan, because uh, neither of us had a lot of money, to meet up in Dallas, Texas, because it's pretty cheap to fly to Dallas. I got family there, and so we were going to spend the weekend together in Dallas. So we came up with this plan. Long story short, um, we meet up in Dallas, and I pick her up from the airport. The Dallas airport, man, that is a, that's a sermon for another time. That place is bananas. But I pick her up, we go out to eat, and we head to downtown Dallas uh, for a night on the town. Right, we figured we could go to Dallas. Uh, CG loves live music, and you figured in downtown Dallas, you could probably find something like that, right? So we head downtown, and man, as we get there, we're driving the streets of downtown Dallas, and it's good vibes, you know what I'm saying? Like, the music is going, there's people laughing, there's little families out having a good time, and we're like, all right, this is the place to be, right? This is the place to be. So we're driving and looking for a, for a parking spot because we know where we wanted to hang out. And, and as we're driving, um, we actually drive past what was like, a light-up butterfly exhibit. Like, they had these monster butterflies that were made of lights. And Clara Grace is like, hey, let's go hang out there and look at those. And I was like, whatever you want, girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't talk like that. I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> but I was like, whatever you want. We'll go check it out. So we go, and we finally get to a parking spot, and, and we hop out, and, and we begin to walk towards the butterfly exhibit. And as we're walking, um, I noticed that the vibe started to change a little bit outside. Uh, and it kind of got, from what started as like good vibes, kind of got a little eerie, uh, kind of got a little creepy. It wasn't as, as bright as it was earlier. It's actually kind of really dark. Uh, and like the only lights were those butterflies, which that was kind of a, a red flag at first. But she wanted to see the butterflies, dude. So we kept going. Um, and, and so we're walking, we're walking, and, and we get to where the butterflies are. And we noticed that all the families and all the fun that was happening kind of wasn't there anymore. Um, and it got replaced by like a ton of homeless people. And so we're kind of looking around like, all right, let's take this picture and let's get on up out of here. Right. So we go and, and we take the picture. And there was actually one family there that, that took the picture for us. Um, so we take the picture. I grab my phone and we're getting ready to bounce. And you probably could have guessed that a homeless man approached me and he asked for some help. He, he said, sir, could could you give me a little money? I'm, I'm trying to get a bus ticket. And I looked at this as an opportunity to show Claire Grace, like, how kind I was. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm about to impress her, show her what's up. This is who you're with now. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I pull my wallet out and, and open it up to give this man some money. And normally, I only have $20 on me. That's normally all I have, just in case of emergencies. But I had forgotten that earlier that day, my aunt and uncle gave me some cash for graduating college. And I had forgotten that that was in there. So I open my wallet up, um, and I pull out the 20, but the homeless man didn't see the 20. He saw everything else that was in the wallet. You know what I'm saying? So I give him, I give him the money, and he goes, hey, man, could I, could I get a little bit more? I, uh, I'm really trying to get here and here. And I was like, man, in my head, my aunt and uncle just gave me this money. I just can't go give it away. Like, that's kind of rude. So I said, sir, I, I can't give you any more money, but I can pray for you. I can't pray for you. And I thought that was like the smoothest line ever. You know what I'm saying? I said, I can pray for you. And he's like, man, you know what? That would be awesome. So I was like, all right. So I lay my hand on this man's shoulder and I begin to pray. And I was praying for him, um, praying for his life. And, and, and I got done and concluded my prayer. And the man looked at me. He said, hey, can I pray for you? And I was like, absolutely. So then he put his hand on my shoulder and started praying. And this is going to shock you guys. I actually, I got really emotional as this man was praying because it was like passionate and powerful, and, and he was talking about entertaining angels and all this stuff, and I was just like, oh my gosh. So this man is praying for me. I'm crying. It's going down, and in the back of my head, I pictured Claire Gray standing behind me, just googly-eyeing me, 
You know what I'm saying? Just looking at me like, God, thank you for sending this godly man my way. Right? Thank you for sending this kind, gracious. He's so amazing. God, thank you for sending him my way. In the back of my head, that's what I thought was happening. Me and this man, we conclude the prayer, and, and I turn around to, to expecting a really big hug. Right? Um, that's not what I found when I turned around. I turned around, and I saw Clara Grace kind of bowed up, looking like she was ready to go rounds with somebody. And I'm like, hey, what, what happened? Are you all right? And she's like, yeah, you just opened up your wallet and closed your eyes in the middle of this dark place with all these homeless people around. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> right? And I was like, in my head, I thought I was getting brownie points, but I'm sure she was standing back there like, what am I going to do with this guy? This guy's no common sense. That's what I thought. That's what I thought I was getting something good. But she's probably like, this dude is, this dude is crazy. But I learned something about CG that day, that she had my back, that she had my back, that she was there for me. And, 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 and every day since then, she's shown me nothing different than that, that she has my back. And in that moment, it revealed to me who she was. So I tried to marry her as fast as I could. <laughs> you think I'm lying? We moved the wedding date up six months. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, we got to get married. Um, but in that moment, I learned who Clara Grace was and what she was about. And you see, the disciples here in this story, they got to do the same when it came to Jesus. They got to learn who Jesus really was and what he was about and what he was able to do. And I want to show you that as we dive into the story. And what I want us to do is, you know, it's interesting because when we read the Bible, we always read it and try to see what stories and what lessons we can learn from it, right? But we forget that the people in the stories, they were learning lessons too. And so tonight, I want to look at the lessons that the, the disciples learned from Jesus. And, and to pick up, I want to pick up where the disciples are in a boat in the middle of a storm, right? And these guys have been out there for a long time. We know that when Jesus sent them away, the sun was still out. And then night fell. And when we pick up on the disciples, it's somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. So they'd been out there for a minute. And they'd been battling this storm for who knows how long. But when we come to the disciples, we know that they were tired. They were exhausted. It was 3 in the morning. And you know you don't have your wits about you all the way at 3 in the morning, right? So much so that as they're rowing, they look out over the water, and these dudes thought they saw a ghost. Like, that's hilarious to me, that they thought they saw a ghost. And they're out there, and they're looking, and they see this figure. And as the figure kind of gets closer, they kind of notice that it kind of resembles a man. And when they notice that, they begin to be filled with fear. And they get terrified, right? And, and they cry out because they think it's a ghost. But it wasn't a ghost. You see, it was, it was just Jesus walking on water like he does. And there he was, Jesus, and, 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 and he's there. And he senses the fear of the disciples. He sees that the disciples are afraid. And so he calls out to them. And I want, what I want you to see here is, is Jesus calls out, and he doesn't tell them what they wanted to hear. He tells them what they needed to hear. He doesn't tell them what they wanted to hear. He tells them what they needed to hear because what they wanted to hear was silence. They wanted to hear the wind stop and the waves chill out. They wanted to hear Jesus say, hey, boys, I know it's been a long night. I'm going to take it from here, right? I'll take it from here. Y'all go grab a nap. I'll wake you up when we get there. That's what they wanted to hear, right? But Jesus didn't tell them what they wanted to hear. He told them what they needed to hear. He says, do not be afraid. He says, take courage, take heart. I'm here. He says, do not be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. You see, that's what the disciples needed to hear in that moment. But what they wanted to hear was silence. What they really wanted, I think, 
was for the storm to end so they could take a break because they were tired and weary. But you see, Jesus always gives us what we need instead of what we want. And thank God for that, right? We've dodged some major bullets because God has given us what we need and not what we wanted. You feel me? But he gives them, he gives them what, what they need. And, and the disciples here, they, they didn't understand. But you see, Jesus was, was trying to teach them a lesson. He was trying to teach them a lesson. He was trying to show them that, yeah, the wind might be blowing and, yeah, the waves might be crashing and you might be surrounded by a storm. But that doesn't mean that I'm not working. You see, I think Jesus was allowing this storm to take place so he could show the disciples that you can stand in the middle of a storm and you can be without fear. You can stand in the middle of a storm and you can have courage. You can have heart. That word courage in the original language also carries with it the definition of being cheerful. Jesus tells these dudes to cheer up in the middle of the storm. He says you can be without fear. You can be strong. You can be courageous in the middle of whatever is going on. But my friends, we know how difficult that can be, right? We've all been through things in our life. We've gone through storms. We've gone through trials and temptations and tragedies and pain and struggle. And and we know in those moments, when you're in the thick of it, how hard it is to be cheerful, how hard it is to not fear or not be anxious or not worry. We know how hard it is. But Jesus gives us the key to do it. And he says that in his sentence. He says, hey, you don't have to fear because I'm here. He says, you can be courageous because I'm here. That's the whole point of what Jesus was trying to show the disciples. Because you see, he knew the storms that were headed their way. He knew what the future held for these men. And he knew that they would need to know that he was by their side no matter how bad the storm got. No matter how dark it got, he was going to be there with them. Man, how much will our lives change if we can simply just grasp on to that? If we can just grasp on to to the words of Jesus when he says, I'm here. Oh, the power of those words. The power of those words. But we we often focus on the outcome, right? We often focus on the situation and the circumstances of our storm, and we want Jesus to make it easier. We want Jesus to make it go away. We want him to stop the storm. But you see, if you rush out of the storm, my friends, you miss the lesson. If you rush out of the storm, you miss the blessing. If you rush out of the storm, you will miss some of the most amazing and powerful and intimate moments with Jesus that you've ever had in your life. To the moments where you come to the end of yourself. You feel as low as you've ever felt and you hear the words of Jesus say, I'm here. I'm here. You understand the power of those words? How sweet they sound in those moments? The joy and the comfort of peace and of knowing that Jesus is there. Don't miss him. Don't miss that moment, my friends. Don't miss the moment where Jesus can whisper to you and say, I'm here. But Jesus, this, this wind and, and these waves and this storm, is, he says, I'm here. Jesus, this, this relationship is falling apart. I'm here. Jesus, I just lost my job. I'm here. Jesus, this depression is really heavy. I'm here. Jesus, this anxiety, it's crippling. I'm here. Jesus, I feel lost. I feel broken. I don't know who I am. I'm here. Jesus, it feels like my world is crumbling. I'm here. Jesus, 
What if it doesn't work out the way I want it to? I'm here. Trust me, my child. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Do you know not a single sparrow falls to the ground apart from my will? How much more valuable are you to me than they are? Don't you know how much I love you? Don't you know I bought you with a price? I will never leave you. I have good and wonderful plans for you. My child, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. My friends, those are the sweetest words you could ever hear in the middle of a storm. Those are moments that you will never, ever forget. Those are the moments that change who you are. Those are the moments that show you who Jesus really is. I will never forget as long as I live when I had a moment like this with Jesus. And I was standing in the back of an auditorium in Mississippi College. And I was standing in the back and there were hundreds and hundreds of students and, and, and young adults and, and, and people with their hands raised praying God. And I was standing in the back like, Jesus, what is wrong with me? Why do I feel like this? Why am I not like that? Why am I? And I came to the end of myself and I said, Jesus, I'm done trying to do it on my own. I can't do this anymore. And I will never forget, I heard it as clear as I've ever heard anything in my life. I heard Jesus say, Greg, I love you. I love you. And man, it brought me to my knees. And I've never been the same. I've never been the same. And if it wasn't for that storm, if it wasn't for that storm bringing me to that moment, those words I don't think would mean as much to me as they do. And that's why when I get up on the stage and I say God loves you a hundred times, it's because I know it to be true. Because this love has changed me. Because this love has gotten a hold of me. And because it's true, you have a Father in heaven who is madly in love with you. Madly in love with you. Don't rush out of the storm. Don't miss an opportunity for him to tell you that he loves you, to tell you that he's there in the deepest, darkest moments of your life because I promise you will never be the same because of it. When you stand in the middle of the storm and you, and you, 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 you come to understand that Jesus is with you, those moments you share with him, you'll never forget. Those moments will show you who God really is. And there's another type of moment that I want to show you tonight that will allow you to see God like you've never seen him before. And those are the moments when you get out of the boat. Those are the moments when you step into them and they're so much bigger than you that you don't know what to do. God will show you who he is. Moments like what our guy Peter got to share with Jesus. And you know the story, right? Jesus says, don't fear, I'm here. And Peter responds with one of the most audacious things that is said in the entire Bible. He says, Jesus, if it's really you, let me know. Call me out upon the water and I'll walk to you. Call me out to walk upon the water with you. Now, you know, the disciples, that was it for them, right? They had already thought they saw a ghost. Now somebody just said, can I come out there and walk on the water? Like, you know, Bartholomew was like, all right, that's it for me. Like, <laughs> I got to go to bed, right? But that's what Peter did. And he's got to be commended for that. You know what I'm saying? He's got to be commended. We got to give him some credit. It was his idea, too. Like, 
Jesus will make you do some wild things. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's, what, that's what Peter does. He calls out, and, and, and Jesus says, all right, Peter, come on. Come walk to me. And Peter goes off over the side of the boat, and can you imagine what that must have felt like when that dude put his foot on water and it didn't go down? And he's there, and he's, he's holding on to the boat, and he's looking at Jesus. He's looking at his boys, and he's just like, ah, you know what I'm saying? And then he steps out, and, and, and there he is standing on the water. And he looks at Jesus. He's got his eyes fixed on Jesus, and, and he begins to walk towards him. But we know eventually, right, the storm kind of gets the better of Peter. And the wind got real loud, and it blew real hard, and the waves began to crash, and it, it drew his attention away from Jesus, and he began to sink which is also a lesson to learn from this story, right? And it's been said many times, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Man, I tell you what, when you look at your situation and your circumstances, when you look at the wind and the waves, you have no choice but to sink because it's hard out here. But when you fix your eyes on Jesus, when you fix your eyes on Jesus, when you look to Jesus, you remember that he's got everything you need. You remember that, that he's all you've ever needed. When you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And Peter, he, he got distracted from that, right? And he's walking and he began to get distracted and fearful and, and he began to sink. And the Bible says that as he sinks, Peter called out to Jesus and said, Lord, save me. And immediately, without hesitation, Jesus reaches down and he saves Peter from drowning. Now I want you to see something here because I think this is the most important part of the story. Peter calls out and Jesus reaches down and saves him. But you see, this is not the only way that Jesus could have saved Peter. Jesus could have done something else to keep Peter from drowning. We know for a fact there's another story in the Bible that's really similar to this. And the disciples in that story find themselves on a boat and they're in the middle of a storm and the waves are crashing and the, and the wind is, is howling and, and, and beating up the boat. And these dudes thought it was curtains for them. They thought they were going to die. The difference in that story is Jesus was in the boat with them, but Jesus wasn't worried because he was taking a nap. And the disciples are freaking out because they think they're going to die, and they run to Jesus, and they wake him up. And they're like, Jesus, wake up. Do you know what's going on? Do you see what's happening? We're about to die. And Jesus wakes up like, what's wrong with y'all? You know what I'm saying? He's like, what are we doing? Why do you have such little faith? And all Jesus does is speak, and the wind and the waves cease to do what they're doing. And they calm down and the disciples look at Jesus and they're in awe because the wind and the waves, they listen to Jesus. They listen to Jesus. So we take it back to this story and, and, and Jesus very easily could have just spoken and the waves would have stopped and the wind would have died down and Peter would have been fine. But you see, it's much harder to move than it is to speak. It takes more effort to move than it does to speak, and actions speak louder than words. You see, Jesus wasn't worried about the storm or what was happening with that. His concern was for Peter. He was trying to teach Peter something because, you know, you know he knew what Peter was facing. He knew what the future held for Peter, and he knew Peter needed to learn a lesson because it was going to get him through those lonely nights in jail. He knew about the time that, that Peter would reject him. He knew that guilt that would come with that. He, he, he knew that Peter would, would be used to build the church. He knew that Peter would be arrested and put on trial and thrown in jail. And he knew that he needed something to get him through all of those times. And that's what Jesus shows him right here. 
Jesus doesn't just speak. He reaches out and he grabs Peter and he lets Peter know, Peter, I'm always within arm's reach. Peter, I'm always here with you. I will never leave you. He wanted Peter to know that he was a savior and he was a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Peter, I'm always here within arm's reach. All you have to do is call out to me and I'm there. All you have to do is call out to me and I'm there. You see, Jesus didn't want Peter to forget that. And I'm going to take a guess and say Peter never did. I'm going to take a guess and say Peter never forgot the day that he walked on water. He never forgot what it felt like to step out of the boat and what it felt like to put his feet on water. What it felt like to be distracted by the wind and the waves and begin to sink. What it felt like to cry out and what it felt like when Jesus grabbed his hand and he knew he was safe. I don't think Peter ever forgot the question that Jesus asked him. Peter, why did you, why did you doubt me? I think those words came rushing back to him came rushing back to him when other doubts crept in, when he would be in jail by himself, when he would feel the stress and the worry and the anxiety of trying to lead people. I think those words would come running back to Peter and he would remind himself, there's no reason to doubt you. There's no reason to doubt you. I'm almost done, but there's one thing I got to point out too, that after Jesus picks Peter up, after he saves him from drowning, the storm didn't stop. The storm didn't stop. The storm didn't stop until they got back in the boat. And the Bible doesn't specify this, but this is what I believe happened. And many, many Bible scholars who are much smarter than I think this is what this scripture is intending to say. That Jesus picked Peter up out of the water and he put him on his feet and together they walked back to the boat think that they walked back to the boat together and how much different of a walk that must have been for Peter, knowing who was standing right by his side the whole time. You see, Jesus wanted to teach the disciples that day, this is how you make it through storms. This is how you get through trials. This is how you get through struggles. You do it by staying right by my side because I will get you through anything because you can take heart. I've overcome the world. You do not have to fear be courageous, cheer up, put a smile on your face. I'm here. I'm here. My friends, we have a God who is not far away, but is closer than we could ever imagine or understand. We have a God who loves us, who has promised to never leave us, who has promised to never forsake us, and he never will because he always keeps his promises. He is not a God that is, that is far away. He's not the big man upstairs just shouting commands and, and fixing things with a snap of his finger. No, he's with us in the deepest, darkest moments of our life. When we don't know what to do, when we don't know where we are, when we don't know who we are, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel like it's all falling apart, he's there. He's there. And that's enough. That's enough that he's there. And I don't know... I don't know where you are today. You may be walking with Jesus and you feel like you're walking on water. You may feel like you're walking on water and, 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 it's, and it's the most amazing time you've ever had with Jesus. Man, enjoy that season of your life because it is some of the most precious time you will ever have. But let me remind you, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. 
Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Circumstances have a way of creeping up on us. They have a way of creeping up on us. They have, the world has a way of trying to, get, trying to get the best of us. And sooner or later, it happens and you start to sink. But while you're walking on water, man, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and enjoy that precious time. Maybe you're here tonight and, and you don't feel like you're walking on water, but you feel like you're in the middle of a storm and you feel like you're sinking. I'm here to tell you that this storm is not the end of you. This storm is not the end of you, and I don't know why you're going through what you're going through, but I know that there's a purpose behind it. And I can't give you the answer to that question, but I know there's a purpose for it. I know there's a reason behind it. So don't rush out of it. Don't try to get out of it. But stop and slow down and rest in his grace. Stop and slow down and let him remind you that he's there. Let him teach you what he's trying to teach you because he has wonderful plans for you. Because he loves you. Because he wants to use you to further his kingdom. Because he wants to make you more like his son. So if you're in a storm right now, take heart. Take heart. Be courageous. You do not have to be fearful. But don't rush out of what's going on. Seek his faith. Seek his guidance. And let him do what he wants to do with you and in your life. And maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus. You've never given your life to him. Going through life without Jesus is like trying to walk on water. And I want you to know that God loves you, that you have a Father in heaven who created you beautifully and wonderfully. And you're not too far gone. You're not too broken. He wants his love to get a hold of you, to, to put the pieces back together and show you the life that you were made for. Man, if, you, if you've never accepted Jesus, please come talk to me after this is over, and I would love to talk to you about this love and about this grace and about this forgiveness and about this life that he has for you because you will never, ever, ever, ever be the same. You will never be the same. And just last thing real quick. I've been on this earth for 28 years, and I've learned a few things about, about God. I've learned that there's a difference between knowing about God and experiencing him. I've learned that there's a difference in knowing what he promises and actually taking a hold of them. I've learned that he will meet us at the mountaintop and he will meet us in the valley. I've learned that he will never leave us or forsake us. I've learned that there's things that you can only know about God when you stop in the middle of your storm and allow him to speak. I know that there's things about God you can only learn if you step into moments that are too big for you and you allow him to show you who he is. And I wanna leave you with a quote, and it's short, from one of my favorite authors, Hugh Halter. And he said, if you want a safe faith, you'll never really know God because God doesn't hang out in the shallow end very much. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we love you. And we thank you so much for your grace and your goodness and your kindness. And we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for his sacrifice, for God, what he's done for us. He's rescued us. He's saved us. <laughs> he's everything. He's everything. God, I thank you for Jesus. God, I thank you for storms, too. I thank you for trials. I thank you for, for difficulties. God, because you use those to further your kingdom. You use those to, 
to make us look like Jesus, to make us act like Jesus. God, you teach us to grow in those times. I thank you for what the enemy means for evil, God. You mean for good. You mean for good. I thank you and I praise you, God, for that. God, and I pray for anybody in this room, God, who is walking on water with you right now. God, I pray that you would help them and give them the grace to keep their eyes fixed on you so they can enjoy this season of their life. God, I pray for those of us in this room who are in the middle of a storm and it feels like it's getting the better of us. God, help us to, to not rush out of it, but to stay there, to seek your face and seek what you're teaching us and trying to show us. Just because the waves are crashing and the wind is howling does not mean you're not working. Just because there's a storm going on does not mean that you, lo you don't love us. God, show us more of your love in those moments. Show us more of your grace in that moment. God, teach us what you want to teach us. Help us not to be in a hurry. And God, I pray for anybody in this room who does not know you, who's never accepted you as their Lord and Savior. If that is you tonight and you want the gift of grace, you want the gift of eternal life that is only found in Jesus, you can just repeat after me and say, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. And if that is you, please come talk to me after this is over. And I would love to talk to you about what that means for you, what, what, what the next steps are on your journey with Jesus. God, I love you so much, and I thank you so much for this time together this evening. Thank you for this message. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. May we walk out of here thinking way more about you than we are about anything else. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.